Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Here we are, March 19th, still alive. Still going in strong. the basement, <laughs> making panic with friends. Did you, so did you, uh, was Marcus excited about his uh, ACT? Yeah, he's, he thought he could do better. I mean, he's only a junior, so when you get this score as a junior, that, that's, that's a good sign. All right, great. We... Uh, Today we're going to have a, a great discussion with my friend uh, Bill Bishop, who's been fintech man and, and journalist uh, forever, but also founder and uh, <clears throat> back of the day of Market Watch, it's a big uh, company bought by Dow Jones. And then uh, with his wife, uh, she set up, I think, a cupcake shop in Beijing, of all places. They wow. moved to Beijing huh. and lived there, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. Now he's back in uh, D.C. So uh, we'll get him on the phone in a sec. But first... A message from our friends at Koifen, one of our portfolio companies. Uh, if you want to track and analyze what's happening in the current market turmoil, Koifen. It's a web-based platform that lets you analyze stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, and other assets all in one place. I use it every day, sitting here right now, checking closing prices. <clears throat> Koifen has a ton of high-quality data, powerful functionality, and a clean interface. The best part, Canute, free. Fantastic. <laughs> you can sign up at uh, www.worldwideweb.coifin.com. That's K-O-Y-F-I-N.com. We're probably going to need a new web. Just take out, according to Fox News, we're just going to take China out of the world. It's going to be www-c. Anything that you want. So China <laughs> doesn't see anything. All right, let's get Bill on the phone. He's going to have a lot of, lot of interesting factoids for us. Okay. Hello. Billy B. How are you? I'm good. You are on panic with friends, so just keep keep chill. Uh, I will make sure I have a drink to calm down. <laughs> we, uh, By the way, Bill, you know, it is Arizona, same time as Pacific. Where did you think I was? We're on the same time now. Uh, it's all screwed up usually. It's like an hour difference, but now we're three yeah. hours. Are you D.C. right yeah. now? Yeah. I'm in DC. I, I forgot my dad. My dad, you lived in Sedona um, until he passed yeah. away last year. So it was always a bit of a challenge figuring out what. Yeah, time it was half the year. It's screwed up here. Half the year it's screwed up here. Yeah, it's two hours for for a little bit. So uh, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, interesting times. <laughs> You're on both sides of the fence here. You've lived in both. Uh, you know, we don't know whose fault it is. You may be able to shed some light on that. So. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty clear who who deserves the majority of the blame. That's right. China does. Yeah. The um, so we're going to get into that today, but you know, there's so much background of, of uh, your your uh, your fintech life or your journalistic life and your uh, move to uh, China. So why don't we just take some time and just talk about Bill Bishop? Okay. And so start now and then just work back. Today you are? Today I published the Cynicism China newsletter, which is uh, four days a week um, newsletter, sort of my commentary analysis, plus a lot of um, stuff pulled from 
uh, English and Chinese language media about what's going on in China. And my model is, is Ben Thompson is from Tetri. Yes. Um, and he's, he's the one who convinced me to start charging. So I published it through substack.com as their first customer. And, yep. uh, it's, uh, best, best business I've ever had in terms of, uh, salary. It's, uh, you, did you know Ben from Taiwan from your days in China? No, I mean, we, we, you know, I keep meeting these men online, right? But I yeah. met him online and then, um, and then we actually met up, um, uh, when he was through Beijing, I think in 2000 and, uh, maybe, uh, either 2014, or early 2015. Right. Um, I've actually only met him in person once, but I talked to but, him a lot. Yeah, me too. So I've hung with him a few times, but, uh, talked to him a lot. The, um, and he doesn't use Substack. No, no, no. He's WordPress with a like member yeah. and some other stuff that's sort of cobbled yeah. together that, yeah. you know, works well for him. Yeah. Substack's a new venture backed, Andreessen backed, uh, raise a lot of money. It's great for uh, creating newsletters. Yeah. The, the, so and, step back even further in time. So before subs, so everybody so, at, at NIUBI is his Twitter handle, cynicism.com. Uh, Bill and I go way back. You're an investor in stock twits even. Yeah, an early investor in stock twits. I'm actually an early investor in Substack too. So there's, there's and, you know, and our no fund. Conflict. So just full. No, uh, yeah. Oh, so no, you're no, an investor no, in Substack as well. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So no, no conflict, no interest, right? Yeah. So back to me. I mean, I. I uh, okay, enough uh, about actually, you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. So back to you. Um, back to me is uh, I did uh, uh, China in college. Yep. And my, fir my first time in China was 1989. I happened to be in Beijing right uh, in the spring. As a student, when all this stuff was happening with the protests, I ended up working for CBS as like a, what's called a fixer, like a translator, lugging huh. stuff around for camera crews. Yeah, it was fascinating. You were a journalist through, in uh, college? You were a journalism? No, 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 no. I, no, I was just, I just needed the cash. This was, I was not, I, I was economics or whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever would let me ghost, basically. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then after that, you know, it was obviously a pretty, pretty, pretty uh, uh, significant moment. After that, I spent a year in Taiwan after I graduated from college and then, um, Spent a year and a half in Beijing, kind of bouncing around at a couple of different jobs, just God, kind of must be there. Have been a different world. Yeah, no, and it was great. I was making 180 bucks a month, and I was rich, um, wow. right? Wow. And and uh, yeah, now it's it's funny, you know, friends I made back then when I went back and how much uh, was a scorpion it, on a stick back in the day? Uh, you know, that was a luxury. Item. Oh, I think I okay. just I just remember the the beers were like 10 cents. Wow. <laughs> And uh, so anyway, so so fast forward, I went went to the U.S., came back to the U.S., went to grad school, not an MBA, and then I ended up out in Silicon Valley working at this little company called Data Broadcasting, which some of your finance listeners may remember had Quotrek Quotrek, and Signal. I love Signal. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So, yeah. so, I, so I worked there because they had a China joint venture, and um, it was a total mess, but uh, it was a great way to start. And then there was this guy there who had been a longtime journalist named Larry Kramer. Um, who Legend. Was, who was... Who, who was running their um, their Vegas sports um, line data mm -hmm. business on a modified quote track. And mm -hmm. he was a smart guy. He realized early on the internet, we have stock data, let's do stock quote sites. So yep. we, I sort of, I glommed onto him because he was, he was great and mm -hmm. ended up um, spinning out what became marketwatch.com. And right. then, and we, you know, we, we took that public, we spun it out in 97. We were the first IPO of 1999 for- Did it get past the B? Did it get to the B? Uh, yeah, um, we were the for for a little while. We were the uh, actually a couple of years. I think we were the second highest gaining first day IPO after theglobe.com. Um, I remember, you, remember Marco, you know, if you remember those amazing. days. Yeah, yeah, we we priced at seventeen. We hit I think a hundred and what did we hit? We hit hundred. So now you can afford scorpions. 
Oh, except I was locked up, right? And so, so then, then everything created went well for a while, and then everything crashed. And you know, I think our low was around a buck something. Wow. And then we we sold the company for I think eighteen bucks a share to Dow Jones. God bless Dow Jones. Yes. Um, it, at the end of two thousand four. Um, and at that point, I moved actually left San Francisco, and I started uh, going back and forth. I went back to Beijing. I was trying to do an online video game startup with uh, with a friend of mine who'd done one before in China, and um, we just screwed we just screwed the pooch, so to speak, and uh, lost a ton of money, lost a ton of time, and shut that business down in 2008 before the crash. But it had nothing to do with the crash. We just didn't execute. And the and your wife started a business there, a cupcake business or something. Yeah, she was the cake boss of Beijing, um, which is why Classic. we stayed. Why so, is she on the yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. Is she there? Uh, uh, she's downstairs somewhere with the kids. I'm going to have her on panic <laughs> cupcakes with friends. <laughs> Don't ever. Well, trust me, that's a bad She thing. must Don't hate cupcakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, no, she's great at it. But it was, I mean, she, she was barely making minimum wage and pulled multiple all-nighters, uh, you know, every month. But but anyway, so so we had little kids. She was running that business. I, my business had failed. The world had collapsed with the crash in 2008. Um, and so what do you do when you got nothing else to do and you're kind of not happy? I just I started blogging. Right. I started. I started this blog that ended up becoming cynicism and kind of futzed around, did some consulting, did some China stuff, did some investing, and then um, got serious about it. We moved back to DC in 2015 and started really getting serious about it in 2016. And so 2017, it became my full-time job. Is when I launched as a sort of the actual subscription newsletter. Awesome. Um, and it's great. You know, one of the things that was nice. I'd done it for a while. I was coming back to DC. I realized I got a lot of readers in DC. A lot of folks in various parts of the government. Different. Different. Um, agencies, capitals all over the world, a lot of folks in the financial markets up in New York. And so I actually came back with a pretty good network and a lot of really interesting people who um, who read my stuff, but then I also can talk to. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a, not a China. I don't follow China, you know, I don't invest that way, but I uh, it's just always been the way you mix media with news and a tiny bit of politics, but media and news, fine. It's got a little bit of everything. And, but you, you, you've honed the style overall. What's amazing about what we do is I don't think we even had met until I go to, went to, to Beijing my first time. Yeah, we've we been had, investing had, together, talking, we knew yeah. each other. And then we end up having dumplings in Beijing of all yeah, places. That crazy, at that crazy hotel with all the cool art, right? Yeah. With uh, that, that, Mall was incredible. Joe, it, yeah, Joe, what's his name? Joe's. Uh, the, the you were there for the Ren Ren conference, right? Yeah, Ren Ren and Mauxian was there too. He showed up. Right, right. Did he right. move back too to the U.S.? Yeah, yeah. He's somewhere up in upstate New York, day trading. And um, what an amazing! I don't know how you did it. In, I mean, it's just was. I lived in Fantasyland there the week because it was a six star <laughs> hotel in that mall next to it. it was fantastic. But then you'd go around the corner and it was chaos. Yeah, it was exciting, you know, and it was great. And there was every every day was a challenge. It was never boring. Um, we're really glad we don't live there now. Things have really changed over the last uh, four or five years, especially hmm. around the politics and the U.S.-China relationship. And it's just everything is a lot, it's just a lot harder place now. And it's especially a lot harder place if you're uh, if you're an American. Really? So the switch happened when with Trump or before Trump? Uh, before Trump, the, the trends were in place when Xi Jinping really sort of the first year or so of um, Xi Jinping, he came to power at the end of 2012. And it was, you know, within a few months, you, you could just sort of see um, how the trajectory was changing. And, you know, of course, things things definitely got uh, even more difficult after um, Trump became president. And, and I think we're, you know, we're I, I think Trump accelerated, accelerated some things. But the, again, I think that the trends were there. And um 
you know, I think it's just now with what's going on and this, the, the virus and the panic, the financial markets, I think the U.S.-China relationship is is really, I wrote the other day, I mean, I think you know, we're, we're, we're getting closer to the precipice. It's getting a little scary. And so can you, because I don't read news. I mean, I'll, 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 because uh, I just won't sleep. So, so scare, <laughs> scare us a little, just walk us through, because I didn't even know about, you know, we don't talk so uh, about this stuff. So I didn't know even that, that four years ago, I didn't even know the, the P stuff about uh, ZP or whatever you call him, XI. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, she, she's Okay. Yeah, and is. so he comes into power and why do, why do, why do things change? Why does the trend start changing? What's his policy? Um, well, he, he came into power and, you know, he is a, he's, he's kind of a real old school, um, old school, you know, some might even say he's actually a communist uh, leader. He's, he's, he's quite leftist and he came in and he started cracking down on a whole bunch of things, including, um, you know, there are there's already lots of censorship and controls on speech, but he, he intensified them pretty significantly. Um, he also, um, you know, he's a he's a very uh, ardent, proud nationalist, as lots of leaders are. And he came into power at a time when China's relative power was absolutely increasing. And he, he has taken, I think, a much not I think he's taken a much uh, tougher sort of more adversarial line towards the U.S., um, and then, of course, we we have President Trump who came in with taking the you know taking a much tougher line against uh, uh, China or China as he calls it, right? Yeah. And so you you sort of had this this sort of on to on um, not not on, not sort of on rushing. Uh, well, they're going head to head, yeah, head to head, basically, right? And 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 you know the trade stuff obviously happened, and then we we look like in the beginning of January. If you remember, it seems like a yeah. you know a lifetime ago. There was looks like maybe things had had calmed down for a while on the, the phase one deal, and you know not all the tariffs came off, but at least there was some happy talk and the the possibility of uh, the next the phase two where they deal with some of the difficult stuff. And so it looked like at least for the near term there'd been there'd been some stabilization in the relationship, um, and then of course this the outbreak happens, and you know, now it's obviously going to get. Um, pretty bad here in the U.S. Well, you can and, see the drumbeat on Fox. It's just as soon as Trump, yeah. as soon as Trump pivoted, uh, Fox pivoted to China instead. Yeah, no, no, and so and so you're seeing. I think what's going on now is you're seeing. Um, you know, there's no question that China deserves a lot of blame. They absolutely they covered it up at the beginning. Their system just doesn't allow for the kind of transparency that that you know that would have let them. Um, deal with the early stages of the outbreak, and so it got it got much worse than it should have been in China, in Wuhan specifically, and then obviously it spread to the rest of the world. And you know we've we in the U.S. have made our own set of mistakes, but I think what we're seeing now, and it, it, it obviously it clearly ties into I think the um, presidential election here, is is it looks pretty clear to me at least that the Trump and his folks have decided that that the best roadmap for re-election is blame China. And so he's, well, that's all he's, he's got left because it's hard in a recession to win. Right. No. So he's going to be a quote unquote wartime president um, leading mm. the country through this this coming this this disaster, you know, this financial disaster. But looks even more so looks like it's going to be a, a personal health disaster. And and the way I think he can have any credible shot or he thinks he can have any credible shot at winning in, in November is. Well, we got to blame somebody, and it's pretty easy to blame China and specifically Xi and the Communist Party because guess what? They did make a bunch of mistakes that made it much worse. And so, 
that at the same time you have the Chinese who are on the Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party, they've launched this global campaign to convince the world that they did everything they could and they bought the world time and they're now out there trying to give some aid and, and effectively the messaging is look, we're the we're the responsible global power who's providing aid to all these countries while America's, you know, incompetent and and you know, crashing the world economy and the world markets and is, you know, so it's, it's a really, and, and so you're, it's just, it's just a very hmm. um, increasingly adversarial relationship. And yeah. And then at the same time, Trump has no friends. So, well, he has a, what's his name in Brazil? Bolsonaro, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. So we've got a quarter, <laughs> we've got a third of the world. last night, whose son last night, <laughs> um, blamed the Chinese communist party for the virus on Twitter and the, and the Brazil, the, the Chinese embassy in Brazil, wrote back something about like how he picked up a mental virus in Miami. <laughs> so, I mean, so we're, we're seeing just this, it's not actually funny, right? But, yeah, but, we're, funny. but we're, and, and so, you know, you've got the, um, you, you just, you just, you know, you think about where you've got um, economies crashing and the Chinese economy is a mess. And, yeah, mess. and a total mess. It was a mess before the outbreak, right. but they could sort of control it, you know, and, and they're slowly restarting it. But, a lot of they rely. They need global demand to yep. to help, and obviously, global demand is collapsing. And so, the Chinese side is under you know internally, they're under a lot of stress and going to be under, I think, more stress than they realized a couple months ago when they were facing. Yeah, because because the yeah, their export markets are yeah. are crashing. Yeah, and so, and travel's gone. And how do you you know they keep they need to get increasing amounts of foreign direct investment inside China. How are they going to get more more foreign direct investment when executives can't fly over to China before unless they are willing to go through a fourteen day quarantine in some hotel they have to pay for? Wow! Because China's really they're China's rightfully so they're they, you know they've I think today was the first day they announced no new infections inside China. They had thirty something cases that were quote unquote imported from overseas, but yeah. China's rightfully very worried about now the the second wave of infections coming from the people overseas who you know who got who because China has done a, a, a pretty good job of controlling inside their country. Wow. I mean, how do you know what to believe and what not to be? Meaning, you know China well enough. How do you, is it just your sources? Yeah, I mean, it's it's people I talk to, it's sources, it's things to sort of look for, I think, in how the, the, the they talk publicly inside China, though sort of the way the Communist Party, you know, what's in the propaganda. And really, but ultimately, it's, it's sort of watch what they do, not what they say. And so when you look at um, how... How much progress have they made in terms of fighting the epidemic in, in Hubei province and Wuhan and the rest of China? You know, I put out three three measures, um, which were one was, OK, if she goes to visit Wuhan, that means there's been progress. The second was has every he? March. Sorry, has he? Yeah. He, so he okay. finally went, I think, last week, okay. last week. It, it, okay. And so it's very staged, but that's good. The second one is every every March, the the, the legislature meets. Um, in early March in Beijing, and then this other this other body that advises the government meets at the same time. It's called the two meetings, and they delayed it this year because it wasn't safe for people to come to Beijing. And so the other measure was, well, when they set a date for those two meetings, that means they're pretty confident. Forget the official statistics. Forget what they, they say they've done in terms of numbers. Look at what they do. And so, so they haven't yet set a date. The rumors are late April, early May, nothing official. And then the third was kids go back to school. Because they know that they can't send kids back to school if they're still at risk to get sick. Otherwise, they're going to have a bunch of parents who are just going to go crazy. And so far, and so far, their kids aren't going back to school except in a couple places. Oh, so, so it is, kind of, it so is kind of frightening. So they're not out of the woods by any stretch. And you know they they don't have 
They don't have great treatments. They don't have, there's still no vaccine. Um, and so they, they are, they've been, they've corralled a whole bunch of tech, interesting technologies and, you know, some are invasive, but some, a lot of people are happy to use them to basically, you know, each person now has an individual QR code that will tell that, that you show when you want to get access to certain places that will, I think it's like green, yellow, red, green is your fine, red is you're sick and you can't go anywhere. And wow. so it's basically like a, your own sort of biometric ID that um, will, will let the authorities know if you're sick or not. And where is that for the big cities or everywhere? Uh, I think it started in big cities. I think they're trying to roll it out everywhere. Wow. We couldn't pull that off here. Apple actually could. I mean, you oh, couldn't Apple. legally, right? Legally and privacy, there are all sorts of reasons, but there's probably, Apple could probably do it on, their, on, you know, on your iPhone. Yeah. Right. Where, but but I, saw, I don't think it could happen um, legally here in the U.S. What is the um, what's your take just personal on, on the, uh, how we're dealing with it since since we finally found out about it? Like how scared, how under panicked or panicked are we? Uh, I think it's going to be a rough few months. Oh. Um, you know, I, I, I was stocking up over the last month and a half or so. Um, just because of seeing what was in China, although I admit to to not to failing to imagine it could get as bad here as it got in China, but I think you know part of that was I think misplaced faith and faith in organizations or institutions like the CDC. Um, we we so clearly screwed up the testing. I mean, so that, clearly because he could blame the Chinese, which I'm fine blaming. Uh, I'm not going to get into that because it seems like you know the first time I heard about it was from China, and that was a couple months ago, but. The um, we still knew about it. I mean, I remember them talking about building hospitals. That was a couple months ago. Yeah, you know, we still we still knew about it. The Chinese were not um, as as forthcoming with the data as they say they were, and um, I certainly know from 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 folks around in DC I talked to, they certainly we had, we requested a lot of access that they didn't give us. But Got that it. said, there, there's no question that our government has a lot of failings, and really starting with the surveillance and the testing and the fact that you still can't get tested if you want to, you know, you have to go through this. And I, I mean, I, we know people who, who with friends who, who not in DC, but other places who are pretty clearly have it, yeah. but because they don't fit the exact criteria, they can't get tested for it. It's, it's craziness. It's crazy. It's America. Yeah, it's America. Exactly. And that's where it goes back. You can to get this toilet paper sort of, forever and ever and we can't get it. Not test. anymore. Right. Not anymore. <laughs> well, it's because of me. We're, can you grab me a roll? We're eating it. The, uh, <laughs> we pay for our lunches with toilet rolls. <laughs> the, oh, it's, so, it's so sad. This is like just such a crippling thing. I'm no, in, it's, listen, it's, as a human being, love being at the house, my own house. Um, yeah. But as someone who invests in startups and sees like things go directly to zero, um, anything fluff has gone to zero, you know? So, I mean, you know, from whatever, hundred miles an hour to zero, that's just devastating to an economy. Well, it's, ter it's terrifying. And, you know, we're going to, it's, it, I, I really look, if you look at what's happened in China, you know, obviously Italy, Italy is a, is a, is a disaster scenario. If you look at, you know, Korea did a reasonably good job. But, you know, we, we, we missed the Korea window. We missed the Taiwan window. We have to shut down for a while. We have to go to zero. You know, we've been, we've been sequestered in our house since uh, last Thursday. And, um, I'm about a week as you well. Know, yeah. You know, we've been getting deliveries. It's, it's um, you know, I'll tell you in China, the delivery people are the heroes, you know, along with the medical workers, right? Yeah. They're the ones who, who kept things functioning. Who, who, you know, my, my mother-in-law lives in southern China, and she didn't leave her apartment for a month. 
A but month. she, yeah, and then some people haven't left for six weeks. So how are they city. getting and, their information? And yet it didn't leak. So how did they get their information to stay? Well, no, no. I mean that, that this was this was this was once they once they basically just realized how bad. Once the Chinese leadership realized how bad it was, and Xi Jinping in the third week of. Uh, January basically put out, you know, publicly put out an order and said, you know, we, we basically declared people's war on the virus. Then, you know, the whole system mobilized. And so you had um, at that point, people in, in every every province, every city were every village were taking pretty crazy measures to lock things down. Um, and but the way they did it was by having, um, you know, having the delivery infrastructure, the couriers who would deliver food, sure. delivery groceries and, you know, these folks were um, – but and so, you know, we have to hope here in America that that infrastructure and those people are going to be able to, uh, to do their job. It's kind jobs. of a miracle that that infrastructure even luckily comes at Uber and Grubhub and all these uh, – Yeah, and, these, and, and, yes. and Amazon and, and, you know, these guys. All I can say is when you deliver – when you get stuff delivered, tip, tip a lot. Yeah, I um, don't tip. Because, I have no cash. <laughs> I tell people don't no, but, smoke in bed. Is that a tip? The uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't fake. No, no, but – but, you know, I watch these guys like watching all this stuff, you know, from China, right? You see delivery men, they're all geared up. They're not quite in those sort of hazmat suits, but they oh, got wow. gloves on. They got gloves on, they got masks. I watch the guys here delivering stuff. Yeah, masks, they don't have gloves. I'm shocked that, say, Amazon, FedEx, UPS, hasn't even the postal service, they're, they're not outfitting them. And I think they, you know, they should be wearing gloves and they should be wearing masks. And I guess I just don't think they have the equipment. And so you literally have been locked down in D.C.? Is DC yeah, probably I mean, got to be pretty locked down as a, as a city? Um, DC DC's not as bad as New York or Seattle. I mean, but there's I think there are now hundred something confirmed cases in DC. There's going to be a lot more, I think. Um, but yeah, we you know we walked the dog, and you know it's kind of sad. Even in the we live near a nice park where they were, usually the dogs get to go socialize, and even the dogs are practicing social dis, dis, uh, distancing. So um, so and, it is. So DC is taking it seriously. So what is? So you're basically in the house for a week. What do you think? How long do you think uh, we should be staying in our house? Another two weeks? Week? A week? A month? Um, I I think at least another two weeks. Wow. Um, I, I and I think that I think a lot of people haven't quite grasped um, the implications of that. But I, you know, there, there's so for us. I mean, my mom's 84 today. She she lives nearby. We've got you know. I take her stuff every few days. I'm going over in a couple hours. Um, you know, we can't see her until I know that my kids, especially my kids have had no sort of, they've had no outside contact for 14 days. Um, because I mean, I was told, I was told very specifically by somebody, somebody, um, who works in the Trump administration. I saw him a couple weeks ago, just basically, you know, whatever you do, don't let your kids near your, near their grandma, um, until you know they're clean for 14 days because kids carry it. Kids, kids are, kids are the big carriers. Yeah. Kids are the big carriers, right. And they're saying, you know, they're mostly asymptomatic, but they carry it. And, and so it's the same thing what we're seeing with these idiots on spring break, yeah. you know, who, who are acting like they don't care. I mean, it's incredibly irresponsible. So anyway, yeah, I think I think people people need to expect to be locked down um, into April. Right. I mean, that's what, 12 days from now. I think easily yeah. first end of the first week of April would be, I think, a miracle if we could start releasing some of these lockdowns. And, but we, how do you release the lockdowns if you don't know who has it? Like if there's no testing. So unless, so that's the, that I think is why the panic is not going to be over because how do you, that's exactly right. So unless the testing is really up and, and going with massive bandwidth, I don't think you can. Mm. Right. And, and back to your, sort of the, the topic of this, I mean, I'll just be, this is a horrible thing to say, but when you look at the, the craziness of stock markets, you know, one of the things we, we've, we haven't really we've nibbled a little bit. I know your Twitter, Twitter handle is now the nibbler. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, I mean. But today I was like also telling people like there was some good, you know, I was unnibbling a little bit today. I mean, we're we're in the nibble and unnibble mode. It's like, you know, hunker down. But like, but like, look at, look at, you know, look at Italy. You know, CNBC had this thing an hour or so ago, the, the convoy of Italian army trucks taking the overflow coffins to a different crematorium, Whoa. right? I mean, if you, if you start seeing a lot of people in America dying en masse, how are the markets going to react, yeah. right? I mean, when it's actual carnage, not just like carnage in your brokerage account, but actual physical carnage. And yeah. I think that that is, you know, it's not, obviously we don't want that, but I think that given how- But how can we not have is, that? How, well, that's what, the thing. What, given what are how we, just lucky is, people? It yeah, doesn't well, work like that. Well, it's we're early in this. We're early in the curve, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at all these other countries, and we missed the window in terms of the testing. Yeah. You know, we missed. We are not still not prepared, and so, you know, I think that is something where you could get a next wave of, of panic at least in the markets if you start start knowing lots of people who are getting really sick and maybe some dying. Yeah. Yeah, I was hearing today from friends in Brooklyn. There's some outbreaks in Brooklyn. So, oh God. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the clusters. You would think, you know, San Francisco, Brooklyn, uh, certain. You saw Seattle. So, I would mm-hmm. think, I would think DC as well. So, I'm a little bit. Uh, I'm a little. No, bit no, nervous. DC. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, I know you've been, you've been sick. You got to stay home. I mean, you yeah. can't, you cannot get out. It's, yeah. it's not. It's, it's really scary and. I think, um, unfortunately, we're, we're not seeing any indication that warm weather stops this thing. Oh, if you look no, at where really? I was hoping Phoenix was. No, I mean, Indonesia's got it. Um, they're, it's just, it's, it's, it's somebody we need. We need science. We need, we need heroes. Science. And we need, and we need people in Silicon Valley to actually like find a way to make a bunch of masks and personal protective equipment really fast. And are you doing because, any of that stuff or just, just, just quarantining yourself? Doing any of that stuff like what the masks and and um we we have i mean this is we have a a, a real estate developer friend in shanghai sent us a box of the um the good um, mask procedure no the procedure mask not the n95 mask the, okay. the, the mask that most people wear um we're not wearing we're not going out i think if we were going out on a regular basis we wear them but i'm, I'm you know hey we get deliveries i go out with um Gloves on and those the gloves and the and the wipes and I wipe down all the cardboard before I touch it before I open it. I mean, you still know, right? Right. I mean, there's some people say this stuff that lives on the surface of cardboard for 24 hours. Cardboard. Wow. The, and that's why that's why I focus on the drivers aren't wearing gloves, the delivery guys aren't wearing gloves, they're not wearing masks. It's 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 a it's a problem that they're not geared up. Right. And my wife's going to the grocery store with my daughter, so that's a problem too. But I, we don't we haven't figured out a way around that yet. They don't yeah. deliver in Phoenix? Uh, I don't know. I don't have a computer. I figure it's just so much, my life's so much easier without being connected to the internet. I don't know what's going you have on. A, you have a phone. You I have see, yeah, but I don't even connect it to AT&T. The, I just look at red, green. And I go, oh, something went on. The, uh, so where's Larry now, Kramer? Is he, he's retired. He was on the board of Motley Fool, maybe? No, no, he's on the board. Where is he now? He's on the board of street.com for a while. Street.com, right. Yeah, and I think the, you know, the other Kramer is, uh, is an interesting character. Um, so, and so, then, yeah. And he's, he, he's at the, he's like on the board of the, um, what is it, the Newhouse company, and he's on the, you know, the, the private company. And then he's, uh, he was actually sad. He's, he was having his 70th birthday party at the end of next month down in, uh, down Hilton Head, but they just canceled it. Yeah, everybody's got to yeah. cancel. I'm glad yeah, we had our event. We canceled it. Yeah, I mean, you, we yeah. really have to take it serious. It's kind of, it's kind of surreal because obviously it is this totally is surreal. My kids are like not understanding it, um, so it's just 
it's just surreal. And I mean, our kids, we, we, our kids are young enough that they'll still, so they're, they're early teenagers. They just turned 14 last uh, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. And so, so they will, they are not happy about it, but they, they, they are not in full on rebellious mode. And I think they're, we've let them watch the news. They, because they've talked to their grandmother in China, they have a, I think they get it. They're not happy. It sucks. And it's, it's totally unnatural for teenagers to not be actually socializing. Interesting. Um, but, but what are you going to do about it? Right. So we were, you know, zoom, everyone's got zoom. My kids right now are downstairs on our take their, their weekly violin lesson is now over zoom. And they're, they're homeschooled. I mean, they're going, their school's still on. <laughs> yeah. Well, their school started the distance learning stuff this week, but it's, it's crashes every day. They're on um, something called haiku. And I mean, I think, I think all these guys are just, it's like many, many multiples of the normal um, uh, demand. And so their, their systems just aren't geared up yet. Oh my God! This is going so. There's just all these unintended consequences that are going to be yeah. that are going to be very interesting socially. So very interesting. And what what can we be optimistic about? Or we just got to wait? There's like you can't speculate. Um. So optimism. I we one we have to wait and we have to all be socially responsible. Um. Two, the optimism is that you know, Fox News now thinks it's a problem, which means that the full resources the federal government will be directed to this and it's so bizarre you know isn't it right so but bizarre. but i mean but and you know there are some there are brilliant scientists on both sides incredibly yeah. but incredibly dedicated scientists academics medical workers in the u.s the local the local the state you know there's a lot of confidence there you know it, once once we are fully engaged i think we have a good shot at maybe surprising on the, the, you know, figuring out this thing faster than people think. I mean, if it's really 12 to 18 months where we can go out for a couple of weeks and everyone has to run back inside, it's, it's you know, it's a disaster. Whew. Right. And, and, you know, so far, right. You know, this, this, this just two weeks was, has taken 25% off the markets. Exactly. Right. And, you know, and I don't know, is that, is that also because some funds are blowing up, you know, yeah. there's all these rumors about big funds that are just like, well, the care, you know, the pair trade, I mean, the fact that every, yeah. Every robo, every financial advisor has been advising the Dalio trade, which is 60-40, 70-30, and that, 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 that trade's blown up. Being we never, we never highly learned. Correlated. You, yeah, they're highly what were correlated. You, what were you doing, what were you do, <laughs> doing during the long-term capital management disaster? Exactly. You Cash. Know? Like, oh, right. I panic, but I learned. Yeah. No, but I mean, but you just, like, we, we these guys just don't learn, and I guess they don't Well, they get paid they, off for assets under get, management, so yeah. why, what's the point of learning? The point is to get the leverage yeah. up. And then and, you, and then uh, you mostly get, most of the time you get bailed out. Yeah. So, right. I mean, we are, so, so that's the chaos that, that I don't understand still that's yet to come, especially when the mood yeah. of the country is bad. There's going to be some perp walks this time. I hope so. But I think back to the China bit, you know, there's, there's just, there's, there's going to be a lot of anger and a lot of pain, um, even more than we have now. And you always want to find somebody to blame. And right now, you know, we've got the president, um, and his, you know, you know, this, I think they've decided the blame is going to go towards China, and the reality is that China deserves a lot of the blame. So it's just, right. it's a really, it's a really. But they got him this time. Mix. Like I'm not obviously I'm not a Trump fan, but I don't give a shit who who at some level because we're seeing right now it doesn't matter who's president right this minute to me. Well, I mean obviously it matters on you know mass and, and this, but in terms of financially right now, I'm just hunkered down. So 
you know, it, historically this kills and this kills the president, recession and the stock market, mm-hmm. right? And he's on tape saying, you know, whether he said hoax or not, he's saying it's, it's contained. So he's given out just as much false information to his own citizens. So I don't know how he backtracks on that. And who does China want as president, do you think? Or do they don't care? Uh, I think I think at this point they would prefer, um, I think they would prefer Biden. I, I think Biden is not as soft on China as people think. And I, I mean, I know, I know a bunch of people who would work for him on China if he becomes president. And, you know, they're not like bleeding heart liberals. They're, they're pretty hawkish too. I mean, you, you, it's not even hawkish. It's realistic, right? right. I mean, it's just realistic. Thing. I've and been to Beijing. It's it scared the yeah, shit and, out of me. Like, and, and it's, it's worse. It's worse now than when you were there. And right. so, um, but I think they, they realize with Trump, it's, it's a, um, you know, he, he's, he's been very, in many ways, very disruptive to them. And so, um, you know, the Biden, sorry, Biden, at least, I think that they believe uh, represents some sort of a, um, some kind of a return to at least partial normalcy that they were used to before the Trump presidency. And so we'll end it up. I, and we've talked to, you know, I think we've actually, this has been the first show that has me panicked. Usually it's just a bunch of us, uh, my friends. Oh, who, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to This do is that. why I wanted you on. It's like, I need, I need, I don't read the news. So I think, you know, I read you and I know how you look at the world because you've been on both sides uh, and lived and worked in both places. So um, that's better for me than uh, watching the news. The, um, the are you investing at all or no? Um, in startups so, still or no? Uh, Target. So it's the only two I've done last year or so was Substack and then um, this company called iHeartJane, which is like a like a inventory management point of sale system for uh, marijuana shops. Nice. Um, you know, yeah, no, it's good. They they just they both of these companies had nice step ups sort of in the last six months. So I think if they, you know, the, the IRG did it right before kind of the pot stocks collapsed. So it was Ooh, good timing. That industry you know? is just in disarray. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're good. They don't deal with the, they don't deal with the inventory. It's like, it's like selling the shovels, right. Or the Levi yeah. jeans, you know, that's, that's like a much, much, uh, I think, you know, that when there's consolidation, whatever, as long as they're smart guys, I mean, the founder is like a former- I love the name of Heart Chain. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out in Santa Cruz. There's Santa Barbara. The founder is a former Apache pilot who served in Iraq, mm-hmm. who basically did decide, you know, came back and had a lot of just some, some stress and um, cannabis helped it. And then he's, you know, his like brother went to MIT. They're really smart. They're a bunch of coders, you know. I mean, it's, they're not, it's, it's an interesting industry. It's an interesting company. So, so that's it. Not- you know, I think I'd love to look at some other ones now. I mean, I think it's a, it's a, Oh, it's going to be great. Be some, the, the next six months are going to be interesting. Yeah. A lot and of I, new I would, smart people are going to start companies. I would, I would wait a little bit. Oh yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, it's not like um, yesterday. I was like, you know, we have to deal with the triage of our own portfolio and help our companies, right. you know, do what they do. What's amazing about software. And I think we're lucky. Everybody's got going to have stuff in their portfolio that implodes. Uh, and some of it for mm-hmm. nobody's fault now. Um, but what's amazing is how work for, you know lean companies or semi lean companies really were already work for home in, in many ways. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like so. well, like like and, and like my brother, he works the Molly Fool, and you know they went they went work for home two weeks ago. I finally met David. I just, met David. Fine. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's your neighbor. No, no. He's still across the street. I mean, those guys are smart, but it's the same oh, thing, smart. right? I mean, you you you. They get they they a day a one day like the week before they everyone went home worked what doesn't work okay we'll fix it and then five days later it's like we're done don't come to the office 
You know, and, and, and I mean, I think the sad thing is, is you realize, I mean, look, I work from home, so I talk to my dog. I, lo- I work and, from home and, and talk to my and dog. Occasionally, and occasionally my wife will talk to me, um, but um, sometimes my know, dog kids, gives me the news. <laughs> yeah. The kids <laughs> don't talk to me now. They're teenagers, but um, no, but you know, you, you realize though, and actually with zoom and I mean, it's just like you, 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 yes, I miss some of the physical contact, but actually work from home. If you can, if you're disciplined, you just get more done. Oh, I get you know? so much done. I think people always ask me, go, how come you seem to, first of all, my family thinks I don't work. It's so funny because my family <laughs> thinks I don't work, but everybody on the other side of my work, like who actually sees my work goes, how do you get so much done? Right. So it's really interesting. Like I'm not respected at home when I work from home, but I'm respected by the quality of my work from everybody else around me. Because why would I go to my office and like get showered and go to my office when I could just plop down and do three hours yeah, of work by 8 a.m.? There you go. Um but yeah, like we work, right? You saw, I mean, saw, and God, is SoftBank going to survive this crisis? Or is um, he always survives. He's very wily, and he survives. I don't, you know, he always survives. The well, you uh, know, you know, you know, he's luck because because in the um, after the dot com crash, they were SoftBank was shopping its stake sure. in Alibaba, sure, and no one, no one would buy it. Oh, I, that part I didn't know. Wow. That was so that was valuation. very, that yeah. was, low would be an understatement. That was a um, very fortuitous because that became how many tens of billions of dollars? Yeah. Sometimes you need a, I mean, in the end, sometimes you get a little lucky. If you're in the, around the yeah. hoop enough, you get a little lucky. The, um, Absolutely. And then do you follow the markets at all or no? Market watch was it and you're done. Do you follow them? No, no, I, I follow the markets. I'm not a particularly good trader. I don't, I don't, I don't really trade at this point, yeah. but, I have, but I definitely follow the markets. And, you know, this week has been, I mean, this week is I've never seen it. I've been glued to the screen. Right. Fun's not the right word, but but fun's not the right word. No, but, it's, um, it's 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 horrifically addictive. It's right? so addictive. You just sort of can't turn away. And I remember when we were market watch, right? I mean, it was it's you you. There were the days when the market crashed where you'd be you know the site would melt because you have so much traffic. And the same thing with CNBC. You know, the CNBC probably has record viewership. But they can't really run ads. You know, like nobody wants to buy the ads when the market's melting down. Right. So it's this weird paradox of the industry where you. And I'm sure stock twits is going crazy. Bananas. Right? But we're not. We're not just an ad business. So we're and we're only right, fifteen right, right, people. Right, right. We're fifteen people. You know what I mean? We could survive pretty That's, much anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, is, it, you know. Now we could have had a hundred people and done media, but we've just never decided. I mean, no, we always argue. How, 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 how much is, if you could say, like, like a pro, how much is activity up when this market's crazy? So I've been writing about it. We, you know, forgetting we've always organically grown, but uh, but there's such churn in the market, right? So we organically grow, but you lose people at the back end who yeah. blow up their accounts, even though they're not they all, on our they have, they, have, they have to move back to mom's basement. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Sad, or sad my people. house and never. I'm not yeah. having them. They're contagious, these people. So uh, the um, we're up. 30, 35%. Wow. Now, you know that won't last. So we know, like, we know right. this industry very well. Like, the other side of this volatility is, oh, I don't want to look at my account. Like, once yeah, the excitement yeah, yeah, dies yeah. down and people don't haven't sold their losers, <laughs> then then we have the other side of this for financial. Then they don't log in for six months. They don't log in for a year. So, we ha- so this will be epic when the volatility dies down and, and the people that trade who are newbies at this get wiped out and never come back, right? That's what right. I'm worried about. I'm trying to make sure people do, you know, that's why I'm saying nibbler or that's why I've like hedge, you know, a month ago I went to like the, you know, Howie Hedge is my name. Is like, I, we could see the writing on the wall. 
right? But you can't, I'm not going to go on Twitter and get out of everything. Like, I'm not that type of person. Right. But I was trying to be subtly telling people to be careful. You could see it in the private markets too. I mean, we all we needed was like this. We didn't know what the the issue was be, but the valuations are ridiculous. Well, 15, they're ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. So everything was teed up for something to tip, and it was page ten. It it was page ten. It was like page seven, China. It was page six, maybe, and then boom. I've never seen something other than oh wait. This page one because two thousand one was a, it was like didn't affect the main economy. It affected the Nasdaq in San Francisco. Right. It right, really right. did it because the real estate boom kicked off immediately. The the repercussions of this, if you think about work from home in San Francisco and real estate prices, and these engineers making three fifty and getting laid off over the next month in San Francisco, as everybody says, "Fuck it, we'll just get uh, engineers in Portugal and wherever in Budapest." Um, there's going to be a massive shift. I got to think in San Francisco. And that's yeah. going to be those people making three, four hundred a year engineering. Maybe they only make one eighty. Now, did they move to the middle of the country? I mean, it's going to be all kinds of shifts. Yeah. And you know, you know, it's a tip, and it's a tipping point. And not to not to be cliche there, but I think it's a tipping point for for things. And I'm not. I'm worried only because I'm not smart. You know, I know what I know. I'm not going. I'm fifty four. I'm not going to go learn a new trade. So, um, so if you're really young and you stay healthy right here, I mean, there's going to be tons of opportunity on the other side. And for people like you who have worked from home and figured out how to use technology, it's great. So you, so Substack is, um, and I see them promote you. So it's great. And what, but people don't know what, how come you go with the name newbie and cynic? Like, what does that mean? What does newbie mean? So, so newbie is a it's a um, it's a Beijing slang term, oh. um, which is which is not appropriate for your listeners. Okay. Um, and Hester and, Cook? And what does it, it mean? Horse penis? What does uh, it mean? Uh, close. Okay. Uh, it's it's a it's a cow, an part okay. of an anatomical part of a cow, but okay. it, it really means it really means like fucking a. It's oh. kind of a tongue in cheek. It's like a tongue in cheek word, and it's a Chinese and I word. Yeah, 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 I picked it when I was in like, I think. You've had it you know, forever on Twitter. Well, I started, I was like early. I mean, Twitter was nothing and I was just screwing around. I was like, why would I give my real name, you know? And now I can't get my name. Right? Oh, now you can't get your name. Let me make a no. call for you. I mean, I one know, of great. our listeners, I'll get, uh, I'll get somebody on Twitter has got to be listening. I, I checked, I checked a few, a couple, like two or three years ago. Was some guy in North Carolina didn't reply to me. Um, and you, um, See, that's so, why Twitter's so screwed up. Like, what does that guy I, I need even, the name after 10 years if he's not using it? And, and then, and then cynicism, I, I wanted a name that didn't have China in it, but was sort of about China, but wasn't like China Watch or China Market, so that Got you it. could so, so you could sort of have a broader umbrella brand. And do you think that and, helps um, in the long run? I think you should still switch uh, it, maybe. I'm not good at marketing, but don't you think you should switch that? No, cynicism, no, I'm talking about the newsletter name. The yeah. newsletter name, I think, is, is fine. It I'm works. happy with Got it. it. I think it works, and it doesn't have to be me, because if it's Bill's newsletter, if you know I die or I want to sell it, you know, I'm no, it's not Bill anymore, right? right. This way, it's sort of got so whatever you know it is what it is and you know i'm a cynical guy so it rhymes with cynicism and you know my 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 idea is you, you can never be too cynical about what's going on in China. Oh, that's why um, i'm such a big so, fan you cannot be cynical. i mean americans need to go like when i went to china by the time i got there they knew everything like they knew everything about me <laughs> That they just freaked me out. That's what I'm saying. They freaked me out. I thought they were going to hook me up with my doppelganger in China because they knew everything about me. Instead, no. And this, and this was five years ago. Think yeah. about it now. 
Well, I don't know, but you're saying it's worse. Uh, yeah. Well, and technologies. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, technologies a lot more powerful. Oh God! Right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah, it creeped me so, out. I, I had a great time, but I was staying in a nice place and I had friends like you and knew where to eat. That was a strange hotel, though. I yeah, it. it was like some Australian designer. Uh, it was in the second ring. So what's with the rings? Yeah. What's with the rings in China? Uh, so so the, the second ring was actually, there is no first ring. Oh. Uh, the second ring is the route. Um, most of it is sort of the former city walls of Beijing that Mao Zedong um, mm-hmm. removed. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, they built, like when I was there in the um, 80, late 80s, I think they were building the third ring road and now they're up to six rings. Um, and it's just a, sort of like a beltway idea. Got it. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I, was they, close they to actually, the, I was close to the wall relatively, not the wall, the uh, like the main part of the Beijing, like all the historical stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, it's like, hey, it's a great time. I miss it. They're, they're definitely, we miss, we miss it, but you know, I think, again, I, I think especially now with, with how, you know, with this pandemic and where relations are and, and, and sort of the some real structural tensions in the relationship, the U.S.-China relationship that are actually going to worsen, mm-hmm. um, especially as we head into an election season and we both countries are heading into some pretty difficult economic, economic times. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that um, I've been certainly – trying to convince some of my American friends who are still there that, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to come back. Right. Because it's, it's, it's dicier from my perspective. It's dicier than I ever remember. It feels that way to me. And I don't have to turn on Fox news to know it. It only just, it makes me a little bit sick to my stomach when I see the fighting. What, uh, and the kids adopted fine coming home or they happen to be home. Yeah. Yeah. They're perfect. They they missed the food. That's it. Oh, they miss the food. It is good food. Yeah. I kind of like yeah. it too. The, uh, all right. So it's great to talk to you. It's at NIUBI and cynicism.com for yeah. the Substack newsletter. How much is it a month? 15 a month, 168 a year. So for me, for the show, I get it for free, right? If you <laughs> want, I'll hook you up. <laughs> I um, the, uh, <laughs> but maybe Canute because this recession is killing them. All right. So, so we've got, we've, I'll hook you up. The uh, so be well. Thanks for thanks for sharing Thank these you, insights you with us. And stay, uh, stay safe and stay every, safe. everyone hunker down. Hunker, hunker down. down, please. Hunker please. down, please. If you staying home doesn't just save you, it saves other people. Other people please. is what I'm doing it for. I don't give a shit about me. All right, buddy. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Enjoy Take the care. day. Cheers. See you. Bye. Pretty interesting take. That's Very our first time we've gone like uh, not stock market. What do you think? Well, I think I think it was good timing. I think it's great to talk about the rhetoric coming out of uh, D.C. Oh. Um, and uh, the administration. It just snapped like two blame, days ago, just know, like China virus. When as soon know, as they said China, China virus. China virus, war, these two expressions are used. Oh, war? Who used war? Well, they used the war on the um, uh, virus. Um, you know, that's a yeah. war on that. It's yeah. about positioning for the next election. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll get back to the markets, but I hopefully uh, I enjoyed that. He's been around the world. He's smart. And so, yeah, he's amazing. If you want to understand in English, and by English, I mean, obviously writes in English, but in a, uh, in a, in an objective view of what's happening in media and cause media is just as big there as it is here. And, uh, it's just an amazing read and he's a great follow on Twitter. All right. See everybody soon.